0: Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast, powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry, I am the co-founder of Ignite DA, and as always, thank you so much for spending part of your day listening to this podcast. Our goal with this podcast is to help dental assistants have a better day, a better career, and be prepared for all of the events that they may encounter during the day and the practice. And that includes oral cancer screenings. Now, April is always set aside as Oral Cancer Awareness Month in our industry, and and it's great. I am so thankful that we spend one month really focused on oral cancer, its impact, and and what it means for dental practices to make sure that they are screening their patients to save their lives. But shouldn't we be high on that all year long? Shouldn't we be talking about that all year long? I think we should. We should. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to play this interview today as part of our podcast. Uh, I was uh, interviewed by John Stamper, a good friend in the dental industry, a great uh, interviewer and video person. And uh, John wanted to have me on as part of Oral Cancer Causes uh, Marathon Day to talk about what dental practices should be doing whenever it comes to oral cancer screening. And and I was honored to be one of many guests during this time. And when it was time for me to talk, you'll hear my passion for you, dental assistants. You'll hear my passion for what you should be doing every day in the practice and the important role that you play Not only in oral cancer screenings, but everything that goes on in the practice. You know, that is the drum that I bang so often, is you all make a difference every day. There is no just in being just a dental assistant, right? We've said that many times, and you are the heartbeat, the backbone, the soul of the practice. You're also an advocate for your patients. You're also somebody who will listen to your patients. Your patients may not understand oral cancer screening. Cancer may be a word that is scary to them, and that's where you have to step up and be that communicator. You have to step up and really talk about the importance of having this test done and the results. And of course, not every test is going to come back negative. There will be some that come back positives. What do you do in that situation? And dental assistants, I will tell you, a lot of times you are the comforter in that situation. So I don't want you to be afraid of it. I want you to embrace it. And I want you to understand how important it is if dentistry is really going to be part of the medical community, then we as an industry have to embrace oral cancer screening and the oral systemic connection and really explain to our patients things like HPV and why chewing tobacco is bad and all of these things that can lead to oral cancer. We can't be afraid of that. We have to embrace it and say, this is part of our job. This is part of our industry. This is part of our oath that we take to always help others to improve their health. So I'm going to play for you this episode uh, that I did as part of the Oral Cancer Cause thon By the way, make sure you check out Oral Cancer Cause uh, on the website. They are a tremendous uh, group of individuals who are helping not only oral cancer patients, but also the families who are having to endure so much. Oral Cancer Cause, make sure that you find them on the web. Uh, and this is my interview that I did with John Stamper and uh, some of the amazing uh, women who help out with oral cancer cause, including my dear friend Robin Morrison. You will hear some laughing. Uh, I did this, actually, as my wife and I were ready to come back from Mexico. So that's the setting for this. Uh, that I was actually out of the country whenever I recorded this. But I think it's important, and I'm really thankful that they were willing to share this segment with me so that I could share it with you. So without further ado, this is my interview on the oral cancer cause and the importance of dental assistance whenever it comes to oral cancer education. Please listen to the words and think about what you can do to help your patients understand the importance of oral cancer screenings.
1: On ladies has kind of become an international affair. I understand that Kevin Henry um, our next guest <laughs> is in Mexico, so I guess we can officially now say that we are international. And not only that, but he's um, he's waiting for his COVID test. So Kevin, not only are we excited <laughs> to have you, you know, we want sure to make sure everything's okay.
0: You know, <laughs> you we, know what? Sure okay. we are flying back home later today. Uh, we're we're south of Cancun right now, and uh, the the test has come back negative. So I think we'll be able to get back in the U.S. I so we're very that. excited. It's it's already been a great morning. And how am I supposed to follow Emmy Sanders with all this? <laughs> Come on. I, I thought Mexico was gonna be the Trump card. I don't think it's yeah. gonna be. So it's you can so- do it, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I'll do my it's, darndest here.
1: <laughs> it's a it's a pretty good one. Well, listen, it's so great to have you here. And one of the things we were talking about, Kevin, obviously, is that you know, everybody plays a part in the dental practice, you know, for, for all of this. And and you have become such this amazing advocate, you know, for dental assistance um you know you and your organization would have you so i know that's one of the reasons why we want to have you on today is that i mean you've always been a big supporter of this you do so much for the industry but in particular a lot for dental assistants so we'd love to have you kind of share you know your perspective on this what dental assistants can do and all the like
0: yeah i i think it's so important that dental assistants understand the role that they have in this journey uh with their patients you know, and, and one thing that uh, I think we, we all need to bang the drum on so much more, it, what Emmy just said uh, about explaining to our patients what we're doing and explaining to them that we've done this for a while. Uh, you know, one thing that I, I shared with so many folks is that during COVID-19 and whenever our practices were shut down, so much was going on. I don't think we as an industry did a great job of explaining how infection control has always been at the forefront of what we've done in dentistry. And, and I think that now is a great opportunity to take our patients around, show them the sterilization rooms and explain, again, we've done this for a long time. And I think the same holds true with oral cancer uh, and the screening and that we've been looking for signs in your mouth long before we ever said we were doing that and really explain to the patients how that we've been taking care of them and really incorporating that whole uh, overall wellness, uh, you know, I, I know so often we want to be a part of medical, we want to have better relationships with our medical providers. And I think it has to start with us really grabbing on to that opportunity to explain how we've always watched out for that oral uh, systemic connection, especially when it comes to oral cancer. And dental assistance, this is a huge opportunity for you because you spend so much time with the patient. You know, and and I, I always tell my dental assistants wherever I go that they wear so many hats in the practice. They are seen as a, a bartender. They're seen as a psychiatrist. They're seen as a trusted advocate. Uh, you know, there's so much that dental patients will tell their dental assistants. And so I think for those assistants to take that opportunity to explain what is going on, why they're checking. And then, of course, if something is found I think assistants also need to be that key, you know, comforter and key explainer about what comes next. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think, A, dental assistants have to grab that opportunity. And, B, I think dental practices have to equip their dental assistants with the right terminology and with the confidence to have those conversations. And, again, they could be tough conversations. But I think if we really look at our dental practice like a business And we really try to explain to our customers that we are always taking care of them first and foremost in every situation, infection control, oral cancer screening, uh, their overall health, and really explain to them why we're doing what we do. I think it's a huge opportunity, and and I hope that dental assistants will take advantage of that opportunity.
1: Yeah, and... uh kevin i mean you know this better than anybody you know i've often said this over the years like if there is somebody in the dental practice that is the air traffic controller right and you've heard this you've heard a practice owner say that you know when you have a great dental assistant that is really kind of you know moving traffic and really kind of keeping things going throughout the day so that the practices feel like they can do yeah, the these line. oral cancer screamings mm-hmm. and things like that it's such a such a big big piece of that you know
0: it, it, it is and it's something that you know i, I think we need to over-communicate in the dental practice. I I think that there's so often that we don't do enough communicating, whether it's with each other, whether it's with our patients. And and I think you're right. Obviously the dental assistant keeps things flowing, keeps things moving, turning over the rooms and everything else. But they're also, they have those moments and I've seen it and probably you all have as well, when the dentist will walk in and prescribe a crown and he or she will walk out of the room and and the patient turns to the assistant and says, what do you think? You know, and and it happens so often in the practice and that's the opportunity for that, that assistant to shine. And I think it's also those moments whenever you're alone to have those conversations about here's what to expect today. Here's what we do in our practice. Here's how we take care of you and really form even closer bond with that patient.
1: Yeah. And Robin, what have you seen? I mean, you obviously do a lot of work, you know, in the practices with with everything that you've done, you know, you know, from a dental perspective, dental assistant perspective, you know, oral cancer perspective, you know, any thoughts from from your side?
2: Absolutely. So, you know, the dental assistants like, you know, Kevin, as you know, they have so much time with the patients, you know, when maybe they're waiting for, you know, anesthesia, all kinds of things in between when the doctors are providing treatment to be able to educate those patients and talk to them about oral cancer, educate them on it. And like like we were just saying earlier with Emmy, if we can provide them the tools and the education to do that, I think that's really, really important. Um, I was speaking with Pat Bauer actually from Heartland a few weeks ago and he, and he was asking me, he's like, what can we do? How can we help our teams educate? You know, what can you give us to help provide that education so that they can educate our patients. So I think that's just really something important to look at is what can we do better as far as that goes.
0: And I think whenever we look at oral cancer education that we need to start really ramping up how we discuss that, you know, and and giving people those key points to bring up in conversation, prepare them for the questions that might be asked, you know, and let's be honest, prepare them for the fear that there might be about this as well. You know, and I think the more that we can equip everybody in the practice, you know, dental assistants included, but everybody, even the front desk, make sure that everybody understands that these questions may come up and then everybody's on the same page with what those answers might be. You know, I know dental practices hate the scripting and the and the role playing and everything else that's that happens so often. But I think with something like this, it's so important for that to actually happen so that there's not a... Uh, a difference of of, of statements or anything along that line. And so there's one clear statement and it's always revolving around, we're here for you, whatever that might be.
1: You You know, Kevin, you bring up a good point. Um, Sorry, Robin, um, that uh, sometimes these are tough conversations. And so sometimes we don't realize that, that is why maybe it doesn't get presented because of if you do discover something, if you do find something, how's the practice going to react? Does the team feel confident in having some of those conversations? I kind of feel like this is going to be a common theme today. Emmy talked about that a little bit. I know you've shared this. Um, and, and, and you speak a lot, you speak a lot, you know, in our profession all over the country at all the meetings or what have you. Do you feel like Kevin that um, as dentistry um, fortunately is becoming closer to to medical, like, they're, you know, like you talked about the oral systemic link and more people are understanding the importance of that. Are we getting better in dentistry to be able to kind of have some of those tough conversations? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that?
0: You know, I wish I could say yes. And and I'll be honest with you. This just came up. Um, it was at Yankee Dental this year in Boston. Uh, I had an assistant come up and, and we were talking about the things that they do in their practice and the subject of oral cancer screening came up and she got this look on her face and she said, that's just, that's something that we don't do because what if we find something? That was her exact quote. And I said, what if you do? That's that's a good thing. You know, I mean, um, I, I'll tell you about the story. You know, it, outside of dentistry, I also run uh, one of the official baseball blogs for the Colorado Rockies baseball team. And, and so I'm very active on Twitter with a lot of the folks who follow the Rockies. And out of the clear blue one day, I got this message from uh, one of the Rockies fans she had no idea. I'm in mean, dentistry. She has no idea that side of me at all. But she put this out to the entire group and she said, my dad just went into the dentist today and they found early stages of oral cancer. He, and and she was making a point in there to tell everybody how important it was that they go to the dentist, that they make sure their parents go to the dentist, that their friends go to the dentist. And And I was just sitting here, my mouth was wide open because this is somebody who doesn't know anything about me other than baseball, but she is preaching what we're all trying to say. And and I was just so impressed that she had that, you know, that passion all of a sudden to make sure everybody was protected. And I was like, gosh, I wish all of our dental practices had that as well to see this one person and the impact it made on them. And I think that sometimes we just have to remind ourselves that, yeah, you may find something and it may be a lifesaver, literally.
2: Right, and you know, the thing Kevin too is, once you're touched like that, you do become passionate, you know, and that that's, you know, it's, it, it's interesting how that works. And, um, but I think, you know what I think happens a lot, and this is even with dentists, they're intimidated by it, I think. Like like Emmy was saying too, you know, maybe they don't understand the pathology or whatever it is, but don't let, don't be intimidated. You've got to do these screenings. You've got to have these conversations. You've got to help save these lives. Do what you have to do to get comfortable. One thing we provide, and um, you know, interestingly enough, enough practices don't really take us up on it, but we have it available, and it's also on our website. Is the material practices can be using so they can have that consistent education in the practice that talks about the risks and the symptoms and that sort of thing. The buy-in has to come from the doctor. You know, I feel.
0: It, it does and 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 one of the things that i hear and i'm sure you all have heard as well is not only is there the fear of finding something but there's also how do we work this into the schedule how do we make sure that we're able to do this with everything else that we've got going on and and my my constant plea is you've got to find time to do this it's it, it's something that my goodness there are so many things that we do during the course of an appointment and some of it is of course connecting with our patients and making small talk and everything else but i'm like you know, if I could substitute a few minutes of a fishing story or something like that in exchange for an oral cancer exam, I'll take that yeah. any day of the week. I'm telling you. Yeah.
3: yeah. I'll never forget the chairside manner that my dental practice had when they came to explain to me that they had noticed something irregular in both my Pano and in my oral cancer screening. And, and that is a conversation that is, is hard to have, but they did it with such grace They were so kind. They explained to me the importance of it and, and that it is, it is abnormal and I needed, you know, I needed to follow up. And I think that's something that every practice really does need to figure out how to incorporate, you know, the dentist came in, the office practice manager came in, the head hygienist came in and they all sat with me in the operatory and said, listen, this is important, (laughs) you know?
0: And we work so often on our verbal skills whenever it comes to closing a case or whenever it comes to presenting treatment or whatever that might be. And, and I think that this is just an extension of that. But I think that it's something that the more that we, we work on, it, the more that we make sure everybody's on the same page, the more we know that, you know, if I'm an assistant, the dentist has my back or the hygienist has my back, you know, that we're all on the same page. I think that that cuts out a lot of the um, uncomfortableness that there can be as well with this.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's interesting, Kevin, you, you talk about verbal skills. It seems like such a simple thing, but to hear all of you talking about maybe some of the reasons, not intentional, obviously, but maybe some of the reasons why this doesn't get talked about in dental practice. Um, and, and like you mentioned, Robin, it's, it, it's funny. It's, uh, if you're touched by it, if it happens to you, if it happens to a patient, if it happens to somebody close to you, we have a guest coming on later today, Dr. Stephen Wingfield, uh, you know, his hygienist, uh, was diagnosed as a survivor of oral cancer. She's going to come on and share her story, her story later, but you know, now he runs, you know, North of 15 practices and it, he's adamant that like everybody in the practice, you know, does this, but we've got to get better than that. Right. Like you said, can we, we got to find a way that we don't want to wait for something to happen. We, we have to build it in, like you said, into our processes of what everybody's talking about. And if they feel uncomfortable, then, you know, there are individuals, so many in, in our profession that are speaking and teaching verbal skills to help them, which is which is something that we really need.
0: You know, one thing that Dana and I, my, my wife, Dana Johnson, and I both both committed to ourselves at the start of this year was that we were going to be more proactive than reactive this year. And, and I think that that's what dental practices have to embrace that mindset as well, is that don't wait until something happens to figure out now, what do we do? You know, Plan for it, prep for it, study for it, do the verbal skills for it, all those things so that you're ready. You know, we, we hear about medical emergencies in the practice. We hear about all these different things that people go, oh, that'll never happen here. And then when something does happen, they're not prepared. But I think our patients deserve better. I, I think each of us in the practice deserve better as well, because if we're really committed to being the best oral health care providers that we can be, this has to be a part of that. It's just that simple. Yeah.
1: Well, and you you know you shared the story of the of the blog and and the woman mentioning that. I feel like in the last couple of years with the pandemic that there obviously is more education out there just in general about all of our health. So I it seems to be that that's encouraging and it almost feels like we're going to start to get to the point where patients are coming in, they hear a story, they're going to start sharing that with their practice, asking them if they're doing these types of screenings, which would be a wonderful thing, but to your point Kevin, you know, we need to make sure the, the practices do that. I think as humans we're just we're not always best about prevention right We're good about reaction and, and that, that seems to kind of flow through to the dental practice But Amber, I was gonna ask you, um, I know you're going to get into your story the details later, but if when you look back and you look at the practice and and, and and the dentist and the team that diagnosed you, is there anything that struck you as far as like why they chose to make that a priority versus maybe some others that don't?
3: so you know i'm very close to to this practice and and i i go and i'm inquisitive (laughs) and come to find out that that my dentist has actually found three cases of oral cancer because she is looking and she is adamant with her team about it and they do have a whole education process and every person on the team is on the same page like kevin was saying they all Approach it the same way. They share the importance with the patient about it. They educate you. And then I want to say complicated patients like me who are a little stubborn and don't listen because I honestly didn't listen to my referral from the practice because I didn't have any pain. I didn't have any symptoms. I didn't think anything was wrong. Didn't really understand the importance. They said it was important, but I didn't feel bad. So I didn't go. And then to come to follow up a week later, the practice manager reached out to me, Kevin, and asked how my referral went. I said, oh, I didn't go. It was an out of state. They didn't take my insurance at the oral surgeon. And she immediately said that that was unacceptable. That is not okay. We will find you someone. Now I look back and I'm like, oh, they saved my life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it was their tenacity about it. Their... Emotion involved in their patient and knowing that they did the best that they could possibly do—that was what really touched me. And then to come to find out that not all practices operate that way really touches me now. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, passion's an amazing thing, and and following through is an amazing thing as well. Because you're right. We as patients don't often do that, you know? Uh, oh, sure, I'll floss. Oh, sure, I'll do that. No worries at all. <laughs> but but thank God there was somebody there that, that followed up with you and, and made a difference.
1: Robin, you talked about tools. Uh, you know, as, as we have this social thon each year, we get excited about the awareness. It's so important. You know, we have great guests on like Kevin, everybody that's on, that's out there uh, really, really carrying that flag. But I think as we get to the, as we move forward, if we really want to make an impact with this, you know, there's gotta be tools like you talked about or different things that, that can be done in the dental practice. Have you thought about things that oral cancer cause can do, or even those that are watching, you know, companies through collaboration to help you guys of how we can not just talk about this, but really do things like you said, help, help practices with the tools they need to make a difference. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, the, like I said, those tools are available through us. Um, It's just getting the word out and then then wanting to use those tools. Uh, And consistently, you know, the thing that happens so many times is people agree, yeah, this is good. We're going to do this in our practice. And we agree to using these brochures and using them with every patient and educating them on it. And they do it really good for two, three, four, five, six months. And then it just kind of falls off and they stop. Um, But we've created a lot of tools through the years. Um, You know, we have, like our buttons, the got mine, get yours. You know, we encourage teams to have things like that to get the conversation going. So when patients come in, it's like, what is that about? You know, and that's not just educating that patient. But then, you know, they start talking about that. Like, I went to my dentist and they have this and, you know, that, that sort of thing. So I think, you know, I think, I think the tools are there. It's getting them to utilize them. And, and, you know, like Kevin was talking about, too, is like the importance of getting the team on board with it. We do regular OSHA meetings every year, you know, CPR recertifications every so many years and things like that. Why aren't we doing at least annually kind of having a meeting about and regrouping on what are we doing to educate our patients on oral cancer? Um, Absolutely. But once a year in their meetings, it just keeps it alive instead of talking about it and letting it drop. As we know, dental offices have a lot to do. They have a lot to do. Clinical side, admin side, everybody. But if we don't keep bringing it to the top, it'll just kind of fall away.
0: No, Agreed. And and I'm so thankful that you all do have the tools. And it's something that, you know, I, I pledge to you all to make sure that I'm mentioning to all dental assistants in my talks this year is to make sure that they understand just how important they are and that they're not alone in this fight, that there are, there are resources like you available to go to.
2: Great. Thanks, Kevin.
1: Well, thanks Kevin. First off, I uh, hope you're enjoying your time. Uh, I love seeing the palm trees and the reflection. It's uh yeah. it's uh, it's been awesome. Kudos been, to you
0: been, here. I'll, I'll just give you a little, Yes, I love it. There you go. Well, this is this last moment. So we're heading out this afternoon. So, you know, COVID test done now on to breakfast and then to the airport. But I'm so thankful I got to see all of you. And thank you for all you all are doing here to help patients and help people.
1: Hardest working working couple in dentistry,
0: Kevin and
2: Dana. (laughs) (laughs) We said hello and you guys have safe travels home.
0: All right. Thank you all so much. Take care. Thank you, Kevin. Bye-bye. Bye. And again, my thanks to John Stamper and the great folks at Oral Cancer Cause for having me on as a part of that. I hope you'll take some of the lessons that we talked about that day and use them in your practice. And certainly if you have any questions or concerns about oral cancer screening, what that can mean for your practice, what it can mean for your patients, reach out to us through the Ignite Dental Assistance Instagram account. We are always glad to help. You can also email me directly at kevin.henry at igniteda.net. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast. Our goal is to always provide you with great information. We certainly would appreciate any five-star ratings if you liked what you heard. And please pass along to your dental assisting friends that this is a resource that we do for all of you. Until next time, Kevin Henry, co-founder of Ignite DA, signing off. And as always, together we rise.